0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, I am breaking down the top five most underrated fat loss tips. And I threw in a little bonus information for you about how your brain works and why we enjoy lists so much, but hopefully you will appreciate the episode. Uh, I broke it down. This was just my top five, so I would love to hear what you think. Uh, Some of the answers might surprise you. Maybe you guessed them. Let me know. If you nailed it, five for five, hit me up and tell me about it. If you're 0 for five, what did you get wrong? Uh, What do you think should be on the list? But I'm going through my top five most underrated, that's the key, most underrated fat loss tips. So um, as always, if you enjoyed the episode, I would love to hear about it. I would love to see you share it and spread the word. Uh, The best thing to do is just take a screenshot of the episode on your phone, post it to your stories on Instagram, and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And as always, I I love getting the five-star rating and reviews on iTunes because not only do I get to hear your feedback, but it helps the show grow. And as always, if you can share with a friend, tell somebody about the podcast, uh, always greatly appreciated. Anyway, hopefully you enjoy this. And as always, enjoy the episode. All right. What's going on, everybody who is listening on the podcast? As you know, we've got another Monday Night Live training edition in the Facebook group. For those of you who are listening on Mind Over Macros, if you want to join us in the Facebook group, please just search The Personality Diet and Neurotype Training. It's a free group. We do these trainings every night, and we have a bunch of other resources. And if you're watching on Facebook, you should also be subscribing to the podcast. So now that we've got all of our worlds combined. Um, I'm going to talk about something that I actually wrote about recently and got a lot of positive feedback. It's about the top five underrated fat loss tips, the, the top five most underrated fat loss tips. And I made, I made this a post and I, and I wrote about this, and I actually commented about how people love lists because the Way that our brain works. I'm gonna break that down as well. And it was funny because when I emailed all of the content about the five underrated fat loss tips, and then I, I started out with a list of why people like lists, I got more comments about that part of it than I did the actual fat loss part of it, which was kind of funny. People were like, Oh my god, I, I love lists and I never knew why it makes so much sense. And you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just a complete nerd on the psychology side of things, and I love to figure out like why we're we're wired the way that we are and all of that stuff and and it's just it's funny to me so um to see kind of like the response that was more you know you guys are nerds just like me that's that's the bottom line um so i'm going to jump right in this is going to be kind of the whole you know theme of the of this episode which is just the the top 5 most underrated fat loss tips but i have to start with why do we actually enjoy lists so much and that's what i'm going to jump into first. So, um if you ever notice like it just catches your attention where you see something that's outlined in a list and you're like, "Huh, i want to read more about that." Well, i'm going to give you a top five the top 5 reasons why the human brain is attracted to lists. So, we're talking about a list about lists, which is very meta. Uh number 1 is that it's less taxing. So, Our brains work really hard all of the time because there's this abundance of information that we're trying to process our environment around us, the things that we read, the people we talk to. And our brain has the ability to kind of sort through that information and cut corners. There it's known as cognitive biases. We have these ways of kind of sifting through all of the noise and all of the nonsense and. With a list, it's less taxing because it's condensed. It's a bunch of information in very short bullet points. And our brain looks for ways to simplify information. So that's number one. Number two is that a list is certain. So in other words, our brains kind of crave this this certainty or predictability. So when I tell you I'm going to talk about the top five underrated fat loss tips. You know exactly how many things are in that list, right? It's five things. So your brain has this level of of certainty. There's predictability. So we love lists because they provide that level of certainty. We know what's coming. Uh, We evolved in a manner where something that was uncertain and unpredictable was a threat to our survival. So our brain is always attracted to things that are predictable or perceived predictable. Number three is simple, FOMO. We hate missing out. So once you see there's a list, you you automatically want to know what's in it. It's like, you know, top five underrated fat loss tips. Well, now I need to know, because am I missing out on something? Is there a tip that I don't know about? Is this something that can help me? There's this FOMO factor when you see a list of something that is uh, that could be beneficial. Number four, is being right. So we have this neurotransmitter called dopamine, which I talk about a lot on this show. And we get this dopamine release when we're quote unquote, right. Like that's why when I talk about the neurotypes, type 1 A's, type 1 B's, they're typically the people that that like to argue. They like to be right. They like to convince you that their way is the way. And that's because they're dopamine, dominant. So when you see a list, you start to guess what's going to be in it. So when I tell you, hey, I'm going to give you the top five most underrated fat loss tips, you're like, ooh, I bet there's going to be something about you know, drinking water or whatever. Like You start to guess. And then if you hear that you're right, you get this dopamine hit. Uh, that's part of the reason why gambling is so addictive. So uh, you know, with a list, you, you play that guessing game, you get that dopamine hit, and uh, it, it's, it's a pretty powerful chemical in the body. Uh, Number five is that a list is a differentiator. It stands out. So our brains are really good at recognizing patterns, and we are attracted to something that disrupts a pattern. Like we can see, oh, this thing isn't like the others. And a list can stand out, especially if you're kind of scrolling through social media and you see a bunch of headlines you know it really needs to grab your attention it needs to be different from every everything else so when you see something like top 5 or top 3 or the number one thing right there's there's just this differentiator factor that's like oh okay uh this is different then uh you know i want to i want to see more i want to read more um so that's it not you know it was funny because when i originally talked about this in the post that i made um i made the caveat that Nobody would care about this. And this is just for my own nerdiness, my own, uh, you know, for me to just geek out on the psychology side of things. And then, like I said, most of the people who responded were actually, I, I got a ton of comments that was like, oh, that's so fascinating about why we enjoy lists and people being like, I always just thought it was me. I thought I was just a list person. And you are because most people are. So, anyway, let's get into the meat of what we're talking about here which is the top five most underrated fat loss tips. And I'm not going to present this in any particular order. And I am also going to give you a big giant caveat disclaimer, which is I'm actually not talking about nutrition here. And you might be like, well, nutrition drives 90% of your results. True. However, I'm assuming that if you are in our Facebook group, If you're following me, if you're a subscriber to the podcast, you already know the importance of nutrition. It's not underrated, okay? And you probably already know that you should be drinking water. You probably already know that sleep is important. You probably already know that you should be eating your veggies, right? Like these things aren't underrated. I would say sleep would qualify in the underrated category just because so many people slack on sleep. However, it's also one of those things that that's not usually super controllable. Uh, For some people, it is, which is great. If you can improve sleep, if you can get more of it, that's awesome. But most people, just for their you know based on their schedule, their family life, uh, whatever they've got going on, it is very difficult to get more sleep. So I'm not including that, even though it would certainly qualify. So that is my disclaimer. Uh, You know, for the most part, this is. You know, this is not nutrition related because you should already know that nutrition is important. It's not really underrated. Um, All right, let's jump in. So, the first underrated fat loss tip that I want to bring to your attention is walking. It's not exciting. It is so effective, though. Uh, Most people think about all the intense shit that they can do and they want to, you know, pound their bodies into the ground and they think like no days off, beast mode, all this stuff. Walking. Is such an effective fat loss tool. I call it the silent assassin because nobody mentions how, you know, like all of the benefits to just walking more. And yet it it is like this, it's literally the only activity that we do that we can do that simultaneously lowers cortisol and improves insulin sensitivity. So if you want hormonal health, if you want more calories burned, if you want more stress relief, if you want more um, just like mindfulness, if you want to be you know out in nature, like all the things that you can add to your life through walking, uh, it's so effective and so underrated. You want fat loss, think about walking more. Like that is one of the things, most of the time people who are like brand new to fitness and they're like, where should I even start? that's a great place to start. You know, just walking more. Uh, you know, park further away, take the stairs, just walk. Um, you know, plan it out. Get something in every morning if you can, or, or calendar block. You know, block a time off in your schedule every single day that you walk. And set timers. If you have a sedentary job, set a timer in your phone so you can get up and walk more. So that would be number one. Number two, strength training. Again, most people think about fat loss and cardio going hand in hand. Cardio in my opinion is a very ineffective tool for fat loss. It's just my opinion and I have some science to back that up. It's not just a random opinion, but when you talk about fat loss, the fact like here's the thing, I talk to people every day and I'll be on a on a call with somebody and they'll be like, "Yeah, my goal is fat loss. I know I need to do more cardio, but blah blah blah. I don't like cardio." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said you need to do more cardio?" It's like, "Well, you know, if I did more cardio, I'd lose more fat." Again, who says that? Like, I don't know how that information is still being spread. Cardio is a highly ineffective tool. It's a very manual way of burning calories, but it has no it it does have obviously cardio cardiovascular benefits, and it If you enjoy doing it, by all means, go for it. But I'm talking about as a fat loss tool for longevity and sustainability. Strength training is way more effective because of what it does to your metabolism. With strength training, you might burn less calories during the session, but you burn more calories overall because your body becomes inefficient with calories and you're telling your body that it needs muscle, right? And muscle burns more calories at rest than fat. So with cardio, you become more efficient With calories. In other words, if I were to run three miles and let's say I burn 500 calories just to throw out an arbitrary number, the more that I run three miles, the less I'm going to burn from that same three-mile run. So what was once a 500-calorie burn became a 200-calorie burn. And if I'm not strength training and I'm not holding on to muscle, well, then I'm burning less calories at rest. My metabolism is becoming more efficient with calories, which is not a good thing for you're, you know, for fat loss, you want to be inefficient with calories, so you can eat more, so you can burn more at rest, um, and get the lean physique that you are potentially aiming for. I don't want to assume that's your goal, but if you want to stay lean, if you want to lose fat, strength training has so many metabolic benefits. I, I called it the the metabolic hero because most people think of cardio and and fat loss going hand in hand but that couldn't be further from the truth it's strength training and fat loss because of what it does for your metabolism uh and and again there's there's the point of doing too much which is why number 3 is rest days what most people think about they think like the the magic happens in the gym most people think that progress happens in the gym right i'm i'm working out i'm training really hard um, and that's where my progress is, is happening. It's actually when you're resting and recovering, that progress happens. Your body changes when you're resting, when you're sleeping, when you're allowing proper recovery to occur. When you, when you train, you're actually digging yourself a hole. You're breaking down. Let's say you're doing some kind of strength training or high-intensity training. You're breaking down muscle. You're, you're creating a debt that needs to be repaid. Right. You're taxing your body and your, your nervous system, your muscles, whatever you know, energy work you're doing, that debt needs to be repaid. So if you're not allowing for proper recovery, then your body is spending all of this time just to get back to where it was with no progress being made. The magic happens where you allow proper recovery, you're allowing for adequate rest, and then your body can surpass where it was because you've given it what it needs. And now there's obviously a nutritional component to that. You have to be eating enough. Um, however, the rest days are where the magic happens. If you are training seven days a week, you're likely not seeing the results. It's it's amazing how often we have clients that progress faster by taking away training days or making their training days more recovery or restorative, like instead of doing a sixth high intensity workout, we're going to cut that down to four and we're going to add some low intensity days. We're going to add some mobility work. We're going to add some more restorative, you know, yoga, whatever it may be. It's amazing what happens when you actually give your body the rest that it craves and it needs. Uh, If you find yourself with like no energy, you don't have, you know, your performance is tanking, you feel muscle soreness all the time, your sleep is suffering, you're cranky all the time, your body is sending a message that there's too much stress and it's coming from somewhere. And one of those places that it could be coming from is that you're working out too much. Uh, it could be you know, too, too much volume, it could be too much intensity, it could just be too much frequency. Uh, but we have to look at the overall big picture and make sure that we're getting adequate rest days. Inevitably, I always get the question, well how many rest days should I be taking? And that always depends on the individual. So for some people depending on the other stress in their life they can get away with, you know, one or two rest days, but that's in an ideal circumstance where there's no other outside stressors like they have a pretty stress-free lifestyle and they can put more stress in the gym. Like when people when, when people talk about like CrossFit athletes and look at their bodies and they're like how do they train so much and still look like that? You know, why can't I train 6 days a week if they can do two a days, you know, for 6 days a week? It's like you don't understand that the top athletes are literally eating, fueling and recovering as like a full-time job. Like that is what they're doing. They're eating enough calories t- to support recovery. They are getting enough sleep. They're doing all sorts of methods to be able to recover, but even still, even those top athletes are are running themselves into the ground. Off, like even though that that's all they're doing is kind of a full time job, some of them are still suffering and leaving results on the table. In my opinion, by not prioritizing enough recovery and thinking that they need to be in the gym twenty four seven, I think we're starting to see that come to fruition. And that you know, be true that the more that somebody can dial it back and, and prioritize recovery, the better they're actually going to see uh, the more strength gains they're going to see, the better performance they're going to see. And and if your goal is body comp, then absolutely you need to give your your body time to rebuild new muscle tissue. Like That's how the process works. The magic happens during your rest days. That is the true change maker. Um, Number four is kind of similar. It's along the same lines. and, And it's refeeds, diet breaks, maintenance weeks, Um, This is what allows you to maintain your results. So when we talk about fat loss, I'm assuming that you want permanent fat loss. I'm assuming that temporary fat loss is not your goal. So if you are trying to extend your results, if you're trying to keep your results long-term, then not living in a calorie deficit is important. In fact, you should be dieting as a very short-term intervention. You should be not dieting as often or more often than you are dieting. And again, this depends on the individual and where you're at in your journey. But refeeds are a way to basically, you know, let's say you have five days where you're in a deficit and then you have two days at maintenance. That would be kind of like a refeed protocol where you're at least giving your body the signal for a couple of days in a row that, hey, everything's still good. We're safe. You know, homeostasis is still being achieved. It's all good. We're not under too much stress. So it just sends that little signal. And anecdotally, I've found that back-to-back refeeds is more um, effective than just a single day. I don't think that your body gets enough of that message. You know, It doesn't get the point across just one day. So I have found that back-to-back works better. Uh, but even still, if your overall weekly averages are a calorie deficit, even though it extends the timeline, it's still a stressor. So we also need those diet breaks. We need those maintenance periods where we're just not dieting at all, where we're not in a calorie deficit at all. And we're actually eating adequately to support our bodies, to support recovery, to support uh, you know our, our metabolism and hormonal profile and, and all the things and all the benefits that come with eating at maintenance and not always burning the candle at both ends or living in a deficit. It, the fastest way to burn out, the fastest way to stall progress it's just to hammer an aggressive deficit and, and let it ride like seven days a week and just go after it. Uh, you can do that for a very, very, very short period of time, but you will hit a plateau way faster doing it that way. And mentally, it's also more difficult to sustain. So what often happens is people hit a deficit because they read some you know dumb fuck on Instagram who's like, just calorie deficit all the time, bro. That's all you need. And then they hit their deficit and they just go at it and they never come out of it and mentally they get burnt out so they overeat this is the restrict and binge cycle either it's all week and then they binge on the weekend or they go a couple weeks and they stay consistent and then they binge for like a month straight like there's so many different ways that that can manifest but It all stems from the same root cause, which is you're trying to live in a deficit, which is a constant stress on your body, which is a fast way to stall your progress. So if you want to break out of that, you should be incorporating refeeds. You should be taking diet breaks. You should be living in maintenance mode for a lot of the time, and you will see how much easier it is to just hit a short-term kind of diet phase or cutting phase, whatever you want to call it and not feel like crap and actually get your body to respond. Stop banging your head against the wall, right? That's how plateaus happen. It's because your body adapts. Your body adapts quickly. So when that plateau happens, you got to send a different signal. If it was as simple as just a straight line, everybody would get to where they wanted to be. That's not the case. We see more people struggling than ever, so clearly the approach is slightly flawed and we just have to look at it, you know, practically. Right. If your body's going to adapt to really low calories and you're going to hit a wall, then where do you go? Right. It's always think about the next step. Where do I go from there? If I'm eating 1200 calories and my body stalls and I'm no longer making progress, then where do I go? Do I go to a thousand? Well, that sucks because now I'm miserable. I was already miserable on 1200. Now I have to eat a thousand. That's not going to work either. And then Typically what happens is that individual reaches out to me and says, I don't know where to go from here. And we talk about having to eat more. We talk about metabolic priming. We talk about diet breaks. We talk about maintenance. And they're like, yeah, but I just really want to lose fat. It's like, I I didn't choose for you to go into a deficit and restrict yourself nonstop for the last 10 years. That was your choice. And now we have to do what we need to do to repair so we can heal and recover, and then we can get you the body comp results. And some people just respond right away because their body's been so stressed that having the extra food, having the recovery, um, all the things that we can incorporate, they just respond right away. And it's and it's a beautiful thing, but that doesn't happen with everybody. Um, number five is neurotyping. I'm, I'm assuming that if you've been following for a long time, you probably already guessed that. Neurotyping to me is the missing piece. It's the glue that holds it all together. Because number one thing that most people self-proclaim struggle with is consistency. And nothing creates better consistency than working with your nature, than understanding how your personality plays in your nutrition, in your training, in your lifestyle, in your behavioral tendencies, in what motivates you. I tried to fight against my nature for so long, and all that did was left me broken. It left me feeling like a failure. It left me thinking that something was wrong with me. Like I was fundamentally flawed. I would never be successful. And then all of a sudden, I had one person in my life shout out to Coach Tibbs because it completely changed my life. I had one person in my life who said, You've been fighting against your nature this whole time. And the way that you're wired, your personality type, not only do you need variety but you actually thrive with variety. You crave it. You thrive with variety. Because here I am jumping from program to program to program being like, why can't I stay consistent? What's wrong with me? And the entire time, um, I've just been fighting against my nature. So once I aligned with my personality type, it changed everything. Knowing your personality, knowing your neurotype, it allows you to structure the plan. Uh, that's going to best suit you. It allows us to pick food recommendations. It allows us to work with macro ratios. It allows us to understand your strengths and weaknesses, behavioral tendencies. All of those things uh, can be achieved simply by knowing your personality type. Um, So I'm curious what you guys think. I would love to hear your feedback. What do you think of the list? What do you think of the five? Is there anything that I missed? Is there anything that surprised you? Um, Hit me up and let me know you can just shoot me a, a DM on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And then as always, if you appreciate the show, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Share this to your stories. Tag me on Instagram. Tell a friend. Like, There's nothing better than just saying, hey, I found this episode interesting. You should give it a listen. Um, totally means the world to me. But uh, that's all I got for you guys today. Um, I will be back very soon with another special guest episode next week.